the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. We have got a great show for you tonight with a fantastic guest joining us from the other side of the world. Larry, who do we have on the line? Uh, Yes, Wendy. Jessica Rose is a data analyst with a PhD in computational biology and postdoctoral degrees in biochemistry and molecular biology. And over the past two years, she's been conducting a thorough analysis of the data in the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS for short, uh, on their website. And that's actually published by the CDC. And she has some key insights as to what it all means. And tonight we'll be talking with Rose, excuse me, Jessica, who's joining us all the way from Israel. Thank you, Jessica, for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, and to be fair, I've only been diving into VAERS for about a year, ever since the uh, COVID-19 injections start. Okay. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> okay, Jessica, we are, you, you may be one of our most exotic guests yet. I know the time difference is challenging, but the wonders of Zoom, I mean, if anything, the silver lining pandemic has been just, we're all so tech savvy. It's been so easy to, to hook up and have these discussions. Um, I want to note that you have quite an extensive education in the sciences. And I'm just wondering, I know you and I were chatting before we started that you've lived all over the world, including 17 years in Newfoundland, which I understand is cold. <laughs> uh, what led you to Israel? And um, uh, do you plan to stay? Is, is that going to be your home? And, you know, we're just kind of interested in the work you're doing over there right now. Oh, that's sweet. Um Well, I was uh, midway through my immunology master's at Memorial University of Newfoundland, um, and I went to a conference in Ohio, in Cleveland, Ohio, where I met um, some of the top HIV uh, uh, dynamical systems modelers and researchers in the world. And for some reason, one of them took note of the poster that I presented at the conference, um, And it turned out that both of us were doing something that neither of us thought anyone in the world was doing anymore, which was uh, uh, HIV immunopathogenesis modeling to try and show that structured treatment interruption uh, was a viable option. Anyway, so he ended up inviting me to do a PhD in Israel when I had completed my master's. And you know how life is. It, it ended up happening. So th- that's what brought me here. I, I'm not Jewish. I never have family here. I came because, you know, life kind of told me to. <laughs> and uh, I don't have any plans. I, I'm kind of a person who just kind of goes with the flow as much as I can. 
Um, but yeah, I am a Canadian. So one day, you know, if things turn around, I hope to be able to repatriate. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. Hey, Jessica, I know you're an expert now on the VAERS system, which is, I think, a system that's uh, approved or published by the uh, CDC here in the United States. Isn't the whole point of the CDC VAERS database to watch for safety signals that may have been missed in clinical trials? And I'm referring to the COVID vaccines now. And do the statements coming out of the CDC by Dr. Rochelle Walensky and Dr. Fauci match what the data is showing in regards to vaccine injuries and even death? Absolutely not on the the latter question. And on the former, um, VAERS was actually conceived and implemented by the FDA and the CDC as a pharmacovigilance tool, which means that it's a way to uh, detect and determine uh, safety signals occurring in adverse event data, like you said, that weren't detected in pre-market testing or clinical trials. And this was kind of the solution, I'm doing air quotes now for the the audio listeners, um, for the fact that all the pharma producers, um, pharmaceuticals and biologicals alike, uh, have blanket immunity from liability. So this was kind of a way to, you know, compensate somehow. I mean, it's it's it would be a much better way to, or a much better way to compensate would be to make them liable for damages if they occur. Because there are ways to show that uh, that products do cause injuries sometimes. If we look at the rotavirus vaccine, uh, VAERS was actually used back then uh, to detect intussusception that was uh, occurring in children, and as a result of VAERS functioning as a pharmacovigilance tool, that rotavirus vaccine was pulled. So, I mean, the numbers that we're talking about in VAERS now, in the context of the COVID nineteen mRNA products alone, just just the Pfizer and the Moderna, put those into susception numbers to shame. So it's it there there are very large loud and red safety signals across the the physiological board going off in theirs right now. You know I know we do a lot of talking about numbers and I mean you know both sides of the aisle no matter what side of the argument somebody's on regarding the vaccine but comparisons matter as well and if you compare the average number of adverse events annually let's say for all vaccines combined since the establishments of various reporting Um, which I guess it was established in 1990, if you compare that with the amount of adverse events simply since December 2020, I think that's research you've done, you've reported on. What do you you find when you look at those numbers? So you're right. It, uh, It came into effect in 1990, the VAERS system. So we have data going back 30 years. And if you uh, just count the number of adverse event reports that have been filed to VAERS per year for the last 30 years, for all the vaccines combined in the system, you'll find that the the mean is approximately 39,000 per year. This is all the adverse events and all the vaccines combined. And if you only look at the one year of data, 2021, for the COVID-19 products produced by Pfizer, Moderna, and Janssen in the U.S., 
And what you see is what we're currently at right now, uh, over 1.1 million entries. So for the, the complete year of 2021, it was, it was over a million. And this does not take into account the underreporting factor, which is a known thing associated with any system that involves humans reporting something, including injuries. It's just a human thing, you know, like there's only going to be a certain percentage of people who ever report something. So we, we don't know exactly what that underreporting factor is per standalone adverse event, but it, it's a real thing. It exists. And so you have to multiply any number I tell you by a certain factor, which makes the numbers even more frightening. But I want to stress that we don't even need to consider the underreporting factor in order to, to see the, the, not only the historically enormous difference, but that the fact that not only do we have an, an enormous amount of entries, our reports of adverse events, we have an enormous range of different kinds. There are over 10,000 different adverse event types reported to VARES right now. And the percentage that represents severe adverse event reports, which, you know, is death or hospitalization, a life-threatening situation, for example, is well above the baseline as determined or dictated by the VAERS handbook. So it's still at 18%, and it should be about 15 in a normal setting. And I just want to add that this isn't just happening in VAERS. It's happening in the yellow card system and the UDR system. They both have over a million entries. Percentage of severe adverse events is higher than normal. And uh, yeah, so it, it's just remarkable that that these things are still being promoted. I mean, it's yes. it, it doesn't make sense if there's any regulation at all. So the only conclusion is that there isn't any safety regulation going on right now. You know, it's it's interesting, Jessica, that uh, they did. They have something over here in the United States called Project Veritas, where they put hidden cameras in and they go interview people. And the most recent release this month here, February 2022, uh, they caught them on video. An FDA executive officer, his name is Christopher Cole, and he said that the FDA gets millions, he might have said even hundreds of millions, just so much money from the big pharma to approve their products and to keep people on the board of the the approval board. uh, So these products are approved. So is there a money connection to this? Do you believe? Well, I personally believe that's what's driving the whole thing. I I think that, um, I think that whoever is somewhat in control of what's going on now is is trying to profit from the sickness of people. So people are being converted into patients. Um, there's no profit in healthy people. There's no profit in promoting a healthy immune system. Um, I, I heard a little rumor yesterday that uh, in France, they're trying to like, I think he, my friend said they're trying to make vitamin D illegal. So I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know if it's true, but this is, you know, he, he's he's someone that I speak with once a week. So if what he said isn't true, then anyway, 
Yeah, it, it, none of it makes any sense unless this is just about profits. I mean, and, and if you, you, you guys probably know the numbers, I don't, but the amount of profits that have accumulated in the bank accounts of these pharma companies, Moderna and Pfizer, just, just them alone, it's off the bloody charts. And when you mm. compare that to how much every single person has lost, in the last two years, people have lost family members. They've lost their businesses. They've lost their livelihoods of all sorts. They've lost their minds. They've lost. Uh, it's just like you, you can't not get mad about that. I mean, it, it, I, I don't think it's only about profits, but I think that's what the primary driver stupidity, greed and profiteering Wow. Jessica, I think they might also have sort of uh, lost their sight uh, on the mark, which is what most of us try to do in terms of keeping safe is making sure that we are exposed to all information, not just information that's, um, you know, that's on our favorite television station, if there even is such a thing anymore, um, or our, so our favorite Twitter channel. And many of us have noticed that on both sides of the political, the ideological fence, there's confusion over whether vaccines in the, in the balance uh, cause more harm than good, or whether for at least some people, there's more, there's more value in taking them because the risk outweighs, uh, the benefit outweighs the risk. For example, if there's somebody that would be very ill where they contracted, especially if they had access to, they didn't have access to vitamin D, as you're saying. I hope that's just a rumor. But how do you speak to those people? And when I said those people, I mean people that aren't intentionally trying to, you know, uh, trample on the rights of, of people that don't want to get vaccinated or call into question the significance and the legitimacy of the religious exemption. But just people that are genuinely misled, honest, good faith. Uh, people that just don't know any better. How do you speak to them? Well, I think they need to grow up and I think they need to know better. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of tired of coddling the 40% in the middle. I, I know it's important too, but um, it's, it's only about the right to choose. That's all this is about. Nobody gets to tell me how to take care of this. This is mine. Uh, ever, the only thing that anybody has is this. You don't have houses, you don't have cars, you don't have, you know, all this crap. You have this. Th this is sacred. This is yours. Nobody gets to tell you what to do with it. So the fact that it's even been suggested, let alone imposed in the way that it has, that I have to do something that makes zero sense, that is not backed by science, makes me very mad. And the fact that other people, I mean, you, you don't have to be an immunologist to understand um, these products, they are non-sterilizing. They, they don't re reduce um, transmission and they don't provide protective immunity. In fact, it seems like they're uh, becoming negatively efficient, which means that they're doing harm to your immune system, which means that you're vulnerable, not only to COVID, to getting COVID from these SARS viruses, you're vulnerable to other pathogens. And that's what we're seeing in the data now. So it's time to wake up, people. Um, you, can't, you cannot tell me at this point, no matter who you are, no matter how innocent you might be, 
Uh, you can't tell me that you don't know someone who hasn't been affected by this negatively, that you haven't, for example. I don't believe it. I think everybody knows a woman who's had a dysregulation of her menstrual cycle, which is so not right. You cannot sweep that under the carpet. That has something to do with fertility. The, the menstrual cycle is, you know, that, that's part of the system that ends up, you know, allowing women to reproduce. That's a serious thing if there's even a suspicion that something is going wrong there. So, and the reason I we're at, we're at the end of the time, but I want to say that the points you just brought up are going to be more and more apparent over the, as time goes on, you know, you talk about everyone knows someone, you know, if we were having this chat six months from now, there'd be a higher chance that we would know somebody. And you know how it is. Sometimes it's the anecdotal that outweighs the empirical, just as a practical matter. If something happened to somebody, you know, it's more persuasive than reading 10 studies that say something else. I agree with you. I want to thank you for, uh, joining us from so far away tonight it is it's a very interesting provocative discussion and i'm glad we continue to have it so thank you so much for for being on with us thank you jessica hope you can come back you're amazing thank you so much i I will be back anytime you want we can continue the talk thank you and for our listeners please don't touch that dial we are going to be right back for more of today with dr wendy headlines with a silver lining hang on we will be back in a flash News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. Larry Dershim and I are going to continue our list of provocative topics as we try to do every Saturday evening. So, of course, we couldn't let the week go by without talking about some of the biggest news of the week, and that is the settlement that Prince Andrew reached with his accuser, Virginia Dufre, in the sexual assault case. Now, part of the reason we've been following this case, and this is, of course, tied to her allegations that Jeffrey Epstein provided Prince Andrew as a client, and there was allegedly sex on several occasions while she was underage. This lawsuit wasn't something that ever would have involved Prince Andrew sitting in a chair in the U.S. because, of course, there were jurisdictional and extradition issues that just simply could not be overcome. But that did not necessarily mean he wouldn't have to sit for questioning or depositions. So this settlement was arrived at this week, and it just goes to show you there may be such a thing as palace intrigue, but not palace immunity. So Prince Andrew has been a transatlantic defendant ever since this case began. And one thing we can only hope he learned through all this is choose your friends carefully. One thing he has conceded in the course of these discussions involving this case as it's unfolded, um, quite to the embarrassment of the royal family and, and God bless her, Queen Elizabeth II, she's 95. I mean, I'm sure she would rather fill her days with other headlines rather than this. Um, But Prince Andrew no doubt learned that as well. But Larry, one of the most critical aspects of this case um, that really has people talking um, negatively about the way the settlement is being proposed, remember it's not completely final yet, is the fact that Prince Andrew did not admit any level of guilt how does that impact the way the settlement is going to be received? 
I, I think people will be a little bit skeptical. I think that the settlement amount, uh, everybody's kind of guessing, but I think it's a pretty good guess, is around $12 million. So basically, the victim was was bought off, and he did not admit that. Uh, he probably has his own advisors. I don't know if they call them barristers over there, about you know how to get out of this and not bring too much um, uh, embarrassment to the, the royal family, which, and again, this kind of, isn't it interesting, Wendy, that when somebody does something wrong, it not only affects the perpetrator and the victim, but a lot of other people. Oh, it sure does. And, you know, speaking of Queen Elizabeth, I mentioned she was 95. Um, she's also marking her 70th year on the throne. Now, take that as a counterpart to Prince Andrew, who, as we probably know, and we've been reading for the last um, several weeks, has been increasingly, I don't know whether we want to say forced or shamed into relinquishing some of the pomp and circumstance that surrounds his title. I mean, he's been forced to relinquish his military title. Some dispute the legitimacy of that because he did serve in the military. Um, His royal charities, he's no longer to use the title, quote, his royal highness. Uh, There's a lot that he's lost simply by his affiliation with Mr. Epstein. But it is also true, you know, the shadow of this lawsuit looms large over the the ever-expanding circle of people that were apparently involved. And I mean, that would lead us into a whole segment on whether or not Ghislaine Maxwell, the uh, now convicted uh, accomplice of Mr. Epstein, is going to continue to reveal names if that's what she's been doing behind the scenes. But this Prince Andrew settlement, I mean, I, I just can't help but wonder how significant the timing was, given that it came just weeks, Larry, weeks before he was scheduled to sit for a deposition, where he would have been questioned under oath by his accuser's lawyers. Exactly. Yeah. By this settlement, he avoids having every detail of the alleged conduct become public. Uh, He also is saving a lot of his friends and relatives, I suppose, so they don't have to be deposed, uh, you know, in in preparation for a lawsuit. So this is saving a lot of embarrassment, uh, protecting the royal family. I understand the position they're taking. Um, Again, it just gets me that this person, uh, Prince Andrew, which I thought before this was a really good guy, now he's stripped of all of his military and royal titles, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, but yeah, it's so by, by settling, he's avoiding a lot of the public uh, inspection or looking at all the details of this bad behavior. You know, he intends to make a substantial donation to charity in support of victims' rights. I mean, nobody can argue that that's not a good thing. But in terms of where the money is going to come from, there is some speculation that it may come from the Queen and whether or not this is the way in which uh, royal the, the royal treasury should be investing its profit and its savings. And the the just the, I guess, awkwardness is the best word to use. <laughs> Of the fact that we're even asking that question is, is the queen going to have to pay for Prince Andrew's indiscretions? Of course, he's not admitting any of that. Um, You know, just on all angles, I do have to say, Larry, you and I both know this story will go away because there will be other stories that will take its place. Right. But the legacy won't. And the royal family will have to live with this legacy, as will Prince Andrew, um, as as will the queen and, and some of the others that are very close to him. 
uh, and that maybe know him a lot better, a lot better than, than we do. You know, you, you say you thought he was a good guy. Most of us didn't know anything about him at all except his title. And as you heard me talk about a lot in connection with Red Flag, sometimes titles can be misleading. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's interesting. I pulled up some data that uh, Andrew, or Prince Andrew, receives uh, 323, uh, $300,000 yeah, $323, a year from the Queen. And but he makes a uh, pension too from his service in the the Royal Navy, uh, but it's rumored that he may have to sell. He has a ski sh- uh, chalet in Sw- the Swiss Alps that's worth twenty four million, and he may have sold that or be in the process of selling that to pay for the settlement. You know, twelve million dollars. Where do you come up with twelve million dollars? So <laughs> he will never be the same, and the royal family, unfortunately, to some degree, will not be the same even though they have nothing to do with this, it's just his bad behavior that's brought this on the Royal family. Yeah. You know, and I guess we're, we're at the end of the show, but let's, let's try to um, find some silver lining here. Uh, Live and learn. You, you, You look at all the different ways in which we've, we like to think that we can learn from other people's mistakes, but we most likely are, are destined to learn from our own. Uh, we can do better than this. I think that's what a lot of people are saying in terms of um, this whole type of a scandal. So let's try to end this on a high note and uh, right. go into, you know, last weekend it was easier because we were coming up on Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl. Right. Now we're sort of post both, but uh, let's, let's focus on entering into just a really positive springtime. Great weather. Um, great story. President's Day. President's Day is coming Pre- up. Amen, Larry. That And it's a holiday for most of us to, to take some time off and celebrate exactly what the day stands for. So that's an excellent, excellent observation. So we want to thank all of you for joining us for some spirited discussion as we try to have every week. You've been listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with the Silver Lining. We look forward to having you join us next weekend. Until then, God bless you and have a great week. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.